And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? This is Andrew Morgans, your host at the Startup Hustle, founder of Marknology. Uh, welcome back. I'm glad to have you guys today. We have an awesome host, uh, an awesome guest on the show. Sorry, I'm hosting today. An awesome guest on the show. Uh, I'm excited to introduce introduce you to her and hear a lot about her uh, her history in the tech space, what she's been doing, how software is helping people, uh, her course uh, and her events, as well as um, different things she speaks on. I think there's going to be a ton of value today. Uh, before we get started, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, um, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams uh, affordably. We're going to talk a lot about software, a lot about tech, and Fullscale is a, um, a great company that can help you scale your teams. Nelly, welcome to the show. Oh, it's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I was, uh, I was excited to see your name pop up um, as a guest on the show, and I think that today's episode is going to bring a lot of value, whether it's in the e-commerce space or outside of the e-commerce space, um, whether it's in the agency space, um, or, or a different services-based space. There's so many ways that uh, tech and software can really help um, business owners grow. Before we get into the details, let's just introduce you a little bit to, to our listeners. Um, how did you get here? Give us a little background. <laughs> it was not an easy path, but uh, an interesting one. Uh, I come from a, a traditionally non-tech background. I decided to study computer science in college without really understanding what that meant. Uh, funny to say, I thought it was going to teach me how to use Microsoft Word and Microsoft Excel really, really well. <laughs> so um, I studied computer science in college. I, uh, while still in school, joined a startup called Web Girls International, which is okay. an, a, com a community of professional women who are interested in technology. This was in 95 when nobody really knew anything about the web, which is hard to believe. <laughs> I was a part of that movement. Um, had to fulfill my vision of working at a big company. I've always dreamt about it. And so I jumped off ship when I graduated to work at a big financial firm uh, doing development and uh, supporting the brokerage applications. And I absolutely hated it because coming from a startup environment where you were involved in everything, coming from a mission-based organization to going into bureaucratic, red tape uh, type of environment was totally not for me. So um, I jumped at the opportunity to go back to Web Girls, and they offered me a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to become a CTO. Okay. I was very young, obviously not as experienced as I am now, but that opportunity gave me so much, um, so much freedom to learn and lead a team and build a team and a vision. I learned not just tech, but also business and sales and business development, which are so important to, to just become a well-rounded leader. Um, and so through that, I started building my a name in the industry and did speaking and training. And um, through that, met a lot of entrepreneurs and spoke to a lot of entrepreneurs and started hearing horror stories of 
them, uh, their relationships not working out with developers or their products costing them thousands of dollars to build and they have nothing to show for it. Just one horror story after another. And so that led me ultimately to building TechSpeak, which is where I teach on non-technical entrepreneurs how to take control of that, of their development process, learn the skills that they need to become more capable and confident entrepreneurs, and actually stop losing thousands of dollars to tech mistakes. Right. Uh, I, I think you can compare it almost to, uh, you know, someone hiring contractors for their house and um, not knowing what they're doing the first time and, you know, hiring wrong. I think most of us can relate to that or someone really close to us has, you know, hired some contractors that didn't work out. Uh, and I can tell you from my experience, um, even just to get my website done in the past and things like that, I had to pay three, four, sometimes five companies to get it right. Um, and that's a lot of a lot of money that could have been used elsewhere when you're bootstrapping or figuring things out. One thing you said that you can, you know you're kind of talking fast, and I think you went over. It. I want to make sure everyone that's listening hears. She said, you know, TechSpeak is for non-technical founders, right? So can we talk about that? Like, let, let's hone in on that. What do you mean by non-technical, and why is this for them? So non-technical entrepreneurs are people who don't traditionally come from technical backgrounds, like developers. Um, so for them, they're not familiar with the tech speak, right? They don't understand what processes are available. They don't know how to ask the right questions or put together requirements, which is one of the reasons why so many projects go awry is because, you know, initially when I developed, before I developed tech speak, I was like, how are these developers so mean and so unprofessional, how can they take advantage of poor business people, right? But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that most likely the, the problem is with the entrepreneur. If mm -hmm. someone's taking advantage of you, it's up to you to know and decide like, oh, this, is, this doesn't look right. This doesn't sound right. So to be able to spot those red flags, to be able to understand that um, this is the way to properly communicate something. Um, and it's up to you ultimately as the CEO to set a process together. So we talk about process, which is a simple step of how to do something, right? Um, you need to tell developers, this is the process that I want to use. This is how I expect you to communicate with me because developers are not trained in management. They don't know process. They don't like process in fact, right? They just want to write code. Right. And so it's up to the non-technical, usually person who has an idea, who's the idea person working with tech people to take control of that. And so if you do that, then you're going to become much more efficient. You're not going to waste money on, like you said, on something that could be used to acquire customers. You're now wasting on development. You're not going to have delays and uh, miscommunications, which are the number one reason why mistakes happen. No, I... I... I mean, I am in the tech space in a way. I use a lot of software and I have made all those mistakes myself, like um, across the board. I think some of it is simply, uh, whether it's on the agency side with brands that I'm helping on Amazon and it's, um, you know, they're wanting to talk logistics and there's, they're talking in their like brick and mortar language before I learned it. Uh, you know, the retail language is a lot different than, than the e-commerce language. Uh, and being able to get on the same page, hey, we're talking about the same thing, we're just referring to things differently, and um, how are you able to have clear expectations of, of what to expect if you don't even understand what you're talking about, right? So um, that's something that 
uh, I've definitely had to learn in, in regards to Amazon terminology and uh, which is, you know, a technology of a sort um, and being able to speak on my end, if I want to get that business, I need to be able to speak in their language. Um, and, and computer science is something that if you're in the space, you're very common with learning lots of different, you know, um, languages or uh, different systems. But if you're not, if you haven't been living in that tech space, it can be extremely overwhelming. Um, so you, I think before the show started, we were talking about tech speak and, um, you know, it used to be an in-person workshop and yeah. how, how has it changed today in 2020? So it used to be an in-person workshop. It was a two-day boot camp, literally boot camp that I taught over a weekend. Um, and it's now completely online. It's self-paced uh, program that people can uh, watch the videos. And then there's lots of worksheets to actually help them execute it and apply it to their businesses. Okay, awesome. Um, sounds uh, like something everybody could use, honestly. Yes, absolutely. One second, Andrew. I am running out of space. Uh, uh, power here. I need to plug in my computer. So just one second. Sorry about that. I know we're live. <laughs> You're here. fine. All right. Okay. Back. Literally, <laughs> literally, literally happened on my last episode, except it was me the one doing it. So uh, I, I've got the link up for anybody watching the live. But if there's any listeners, um, Nelly, where can people find more information about TechSpeak? So if they go to TechSpeakForEntrepreneurs.com. All of the information is on there. There's a lot of details. It just uh, talks about all the different things that they will learn. And um, I also have a free three-part series that I've created that okay. people can learn for, uh, just register and learn for free. Um, this is where I, I set up, we talked about process earlier. And um, I, I have a 10-step process that over the years I've defined and refined on the best way to work with developers. And I use, they're both uh, based on lean and agile methodologies, um, the lean startup and fail early, fail often, fail cheap, and uh, those kind of concepts. Uh, so all of that is baked into my process. And if anybody wants to learn about it, they can just sign up um, on that page as well and learn the steps, it's all free. Awesome. Um, you know. I wanted to talk about scaling and automation as well, because it's an area that I'm super focused on myself in my business, Marknology, um, a space that I feel like is being pioneered in a way. I know that there's been marketing agencies way before us, uh, but Amazon's a little bit different. Um, and it feels like a lot of the like standard operating procedures and, and ways to get organized and dashboards and things like that are, um, you know, no one's done it before. And there isn't one that I can just like buy or pay for and, and get it. So I'm having to test everything, right? And I'm having to pay for things that don't work. And, uh, you know, it's been a process, everything from, you know, a fractional CFO uh, trying that um, to, you know, my sales process, getting automation. And uh, Matt DeCourcy, one of the main hosts uh, on the Startup Hustle and, and my mentor, uh, has been uh, talking to me forever about automation. And, you know, that's his background. And he's always telling me, hey, here's another way we can get it better. Here's another way we can get it better. And I'll, I'll be honest, at the beginning, um, even being technologically savvy, so to speak, um, anytime you're moving into a new area, it can be daunting, you know? And so for me, it's taken a long time to be able to believe in um, 
you know, the process of automation and being able to trust it and, uh, you know, setting yourself up, your business up for, for success by being able to scale. Um, let's talk about where do you think like, you know, uh, founders maybe that are just starting to look to technology and technological solutions for automation or process in their business, where should, where should someone get started? Well, the mo the simplest and the first step that you need to do in automating the process is to writing it down because oftentimes it's in your head and no one else knows about it. And you're, you're doing it on autopilot most of the time. So you don't even know what the steps are. So the first thing that I would do is just, um, whether you want to do it on paper or, on, or type it up into the computer is to just list all of the steps that you're doing and then refine the process. Even if you skip a step, right? Um, as you're doing it, the next time the somebody is following those steps, they're going to go through the steps and give whoever is ma now managing and updating those processes is now responsible for updating and constantly as things evolve, right? It's, it's, it's good to have standard operating procedures, but if they're not being updated on a regular basis, they're going to go stale and you're just really just wasting your time putting mm -hmm. them together in the first place. So that's really important uh, to set, to put them in a, in some kind of a repository where your team can have access to it and give people the freedom to be able to update that anytime they make a uh, change to it. Uh, and also give them the freedom to change the process if they feel like they can optimize it. That way you're not constantly in the weeds trying to say, oh, we should do this or not this. Um, so you should be aware of what they're changing, but uh, giving them the people who are actually doing the work to update the process and skip a step or add a step if uh, they feel like they need it. Yeah, and I, I know I'm extremely busy. Everyone's extremely busy. Every founder is busy. Uh, and I say busy, uh, you know what I mean? Not enough time. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully we're not just all being busy. But uh, for me, it's always been, when do I have the time to document this? I'm going a thousand miles an hour. Um, and that's where, you know, where you just said, give them the ability to change it and, and add to it, add it to your, your employees, being able to change the way you guys do things for the better by empowering them. It then helps me, um, you know, get, uh, get these processes down, you know? So whether it's, uh, you know, the guy in the warehouse or it's the guy, uh, t talking to clients, um, you know, document what we're doing, document the steps we're taking, uh, and let's have someone else go over it. Uh, if the steps aren't the same, then we need to get on the same page. And, um, it's taken it where I'm saying, I don't have the time to do it. I can't document every process across my business. And while maybe it's not perfect, right. I'm getting everyone else to contribute and it becomes a team effort, um, on people defining their jobs. Like who doesn't want that? Uh, and for us, it's been. It's been slow and I've had to been, be patient, uh, you know, but just starting was such a big thing. Um, you know, getting, getting those steps written down, yeah. uh, great the step is, one. The, the key is to start. Uh, it doesn't need to be a hundred percent completed because I think that's the mindset stop or you're like the, the just the fact of starting is, uh, going to help, uh, cause you to procrastinate because it's such a big task, right? To, to document everything. Your goal shouldn't be to document everything all at once. The goal should be to document something once a week, right? right. Um, and then eventually you'll get to 100%. And also my personal goal, whether it's a development process or any other process in your business, is to constantly get better at it, right? My goal is to get 
20% better at launching something every single time. So it's important to analyze the process on a regular basis, right? And, and see, can we do something better to improve the efficiency or the speed of it? Uh, so it's not just writing it down, but always improving them. I'm sorry, it, it will cut out on my end just a little bit. It looks like we were having a couple, a little bit of streaming issues, but um, I think to summarize, you know, it's about those baby steps forward, right? It's just a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. Um, I think it took me six months this year to change uh, my business banking uh, at Marknology, but it was super important for me uh, that I needed to be able to run my banking more uh, efficiently and effectively from remote. And there are certain things at this bank that you had to come into the bank uh, to do. And it just wasn't effective anymore. So while it took me six months, um, it's made me more efficient in, in our accounting and our, our, our bookkeeping. Um, allows us to pay some of our vendors faster, um, be able to pull up you know records. So maybe when the bookkeeper is doing things, the records look better because of their processes being better. Um, so a small change that took a really long time uh, as far as changes go, but that ultimately makes the business that 1% better. Um, and that, you know, that's just one small example, but it's been little changes like that over the course of, um, you know, the six years I've been in business that end up making a big impact. Yeah. And ultimately save you time in the long term. One way to save time, perfect segment that we wanted to talk about is freelancers, right? And yeah. finding, uh, finding outsourced teams. Um, Fullscale.io, our, our sponsor for today's episode is, is exactly that. Uh, they're a managed team. Um, so it takes out some of the work of finding your own freelancers and your own developers and project managing them and, you know, accounting for hours and all that kind of stuff. But, um, fullscale.io makes that super easy, um, and brings a lot of talent at a great affordable price. I know I've, I've worked with their, everything from their content teams to, um, the podcast team, uh, and getting those areas written down in steps, then being able to see what do I alone have to do and what could someone else do for me if I was able to show them is a great way to know when it's time to take that step for, you know, some freelancers or some outsourced talent. Um, let's talk about that from, from your perspective. Um, you know, what's it like contracting for someone that maybe someone that's never hired someone outside of their building um, you know, what's it like to hire a freelancer, whether online or in person? And how do you find them? How do you manage them? Um, how can it help you be more efficient in your business? Well, think about it this way. There's a, I always say, do you, you want to work on your business or in your business? So there's a huge distinction uh, between the two. If you are constantly in the weeds doing everything yourself, then that means you can't grow your company. So the first thing you need to do is answer uh, what are some of the things that you need to outsource or have someone else do. So you can then, that frees up your time to do the things that will actually grow your business. So working on your business versus in your business. That's the number one thing. And then uh, once you know what type of freelancer you need, whether it's um, a developer or a designer or a content writer, whatever it is, right? Then you can go to um, Upwork, uh, fullscale.io and <laughs> I, I don't have to check it out um, and uh, then you obviously post your job you have to understand the skill set that you're looking for make sure that it's in the job description and um, 
then make sure that you have a very good hiring process that will not just vet them for skill, but also vet them for what I call DNA qualities. Even though they're not going to be your full-time employees, it's still important to align with your the people that you work with. So if communication is really important to you, uh, you need to make sure that they're a good communicator. Um, if it's a task that uh, doesn't uh, require a lot of um, uh, communication, that that's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But if it is, you just you want to make sure that you you're list the qualities that each person should have that are DNA type qualities that that are not skill set related. Um, so that's that's one thing that I always focus on in my in anybody who works for me. Uh, because ultimately, if you find really good people, you will keep them, right? Even though they might be working for you part-time, they're still going to be, become a part of your team. Um, it's really hard to find good people. That's why once I find good ones, I, I will always find them work. <laughs> right, so right, right. Keep me. them busy, right? Exactly. So um, they, once you hire them, so it's really important to have a good hiring process. And then once you hire them, then we go back to process, right? You, you have to make sure you can clearly communicate what you need and then teach them how you want them to work, how you want them to work so they become successful in your company. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have a good process, you can have the best freelancer on the planet. They will still not be able to be successful in your company uh, and deliver things in the way that you want them. So you want to reduce miscommunications by creating a process and following it. And then over time, if there is a miscommunication, if something goes wrong, uh, we talked about refining, right? About getting 1% better each time. Uh, so you're always analyzing at, at a certain period. I usually do it bi-weekly. Um, how do we, so, okay, so these are the things that we've done. How can we do it better next time? Mm -hmm. And so that way you're continuously improving with each types of people that you're working with. So if you have three freelancers, you have to do that for each one. Um, and ultimately they become a part of your team. So you have to manage them uh, as they are part of your team. And so yeah. if, and if they're communicating between each other, then they all need to be evaluated together. I agree. And it's not even that evaluation is not always a bad thing, right? You know, I think we think, hey, if I'm having that conversation with them, they think something's wrong or going on. And it's like, no, it's really just about getting better and, and more efficient. And, um, you know, how can I be better as, let's say, a leader or a client? And how can I be better as a service provider as well? Yeah. Um, you know, I actually got my start on um, uh, Upwork uh, oh, wow. seven, seven, eight years ago. Um, I was finding Amazon brands uh, in the early days of uh, brands needing Amazon help and got top 10 in the world on that site. Uh through things you're just talking about, finding clients that didn't want to let me go and, um, you know, wanted to keep me on retainer, managing their Amazon store. And it's what ultimately allowed me to leave my nine, my nine to five as an e-commerce manager uh, and go full time trying to build my own agency uh, was up the success of Upwork. You know, um, that process of of uh, I was the person I was the freelancer at that time. Right. But it was about finding clients that wanted to have an ongoing relationship figuring out how to communicate well, um, you know, getting good reviews after good reviews because of that, uh, which ultimately made me high in the ranks, which helped me get more business and leave the company, you know? So um, it's possible to find great talent out there. 
but you definitely have to find n- not just a culture fit, but a communication fit. I love that you said that because if you can't talk through problems, it's one thing to just give out a project, but if you can't talk through the problems effectively, um, you know, it's not going to work and you're going to be frustrated, you know, before you even get started. So, um, yeah, you know, full scale that I owe to, to bring them up, but I really do think they're, they're fantastic and a great fit for this episode. Um, they're taking out the hard part of finding the talent, right? So these are, uh, software developers for the most part, uh, across all different types of platforms that, um, have already been vetted out, interviewed, um, you know, are hired full, full time by full scale. Um, and, but they connect them one-on-one with the brand that needs a developer. Uh, so they're essentially helping you find that freelancer. They've already vetted them and doing it. But if you're on your own and you're doing it on something like Upwork or there's plenty of other sites like that, uh, you essentially need to have some kind of process that, that vets them out and gets them plugged in. Um, I know businesses that run almost entirely off of, you know, part-time freelancers um, that are just an integrated part of their team. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'll, I'll uh, add to what you just said uh, in terms of vetting, vetting is really important. And uh, one of the questions that I always get from non-technical people is how am I going to be able to hire a technical talent if I'm not technical? How am I going to be ev- evaluating their skills? And so um, I have a process that I teach them, you know, a seven-step process that they have to go through. And that process will allow them to take hundreds of applicants and distill them to maybe top three candidates, right? That are not that are valued based on non-technical fit, uh, skill set, um, and and cultural fit. And then those three people, you will have to bring on somebody technical who can then vet them uh, on the technical side for for the actual skill set. So um, I think that both need to be done. And if you're not technical or you don't have the specific expertise for whatever it is that you're hiring, the first step is to vet them, find the top three, because you don't have to then spend that money to pay an expert to you know, spend that many hours vetting your candidates, but then hire somebody professional who understands the skill set and can then pick the best one of the three. You know, something a little outside the box of this, but in my experience, I found the best freelancers through referrals, you yeah. know? Um, Asking around, talking to my mentors, talking to friends, talking to other agency owners, talking to businesses I work with, um, competitors even, you know, that are, that are um, you know, abundance mindset and like to share, you know, um, their contacts and connections and partnerships. Uh, I spend a lot of time uh, building partnerships um, and why not use them for, for finding great talent as well? Yeah. It can save you a lot of time. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, the last great freelancer that I found, actually, I posted something on Instagram that I was having a a software development issue. And I had two um, willing uh, but unable people try to fix it. Um, And so this third one was a freelancer. And she was like, uh, you know, let me jump in and see if I can fix it. And essentially wouldn't take payment from me. Uh, you know, she said that she wanted to provide value first and fix a problem for me and, you know, create a lasting relationship that we can continue to work together. And for me, uh, you know, solving a problem uh, is a love language for me when you're a founder, you know. So 
it, she, she's won me over. She won me over right then, you know, just um, bringing the value in the long-term relationship. Um, so then me as an employer can keep her around and, and have trust. Uh, whatever works for you to kind of build that, I just think is super important. Absolutely. I totally agree. How do you, do you use any freelancers in your business? I do. Um, I work with people all, all across the world, developers, uh, copywriters, uh, marketers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Um, we have several overseas teams as well. We have 12 of us here in Kansas City, um, but we have graphic design that's in India um the girl i was talking about with the developer uh her team is in russia um and me and my sisters who run the company uh we we were raised in africa and abroad so um you know it feels really cool to be connected uh for us at least and i love i love working with international teams um simply because when they work right so a lot of times i'm working late at night and that's when i'm working on the business right not in the business and so um it's in those times that overseas developers and things are are working or we're on different time zones or they're about to wake up um so really is almost a better fit for me than honestly having someone uh you know stateside uh just because they would be trying to get feedback from me when i'm running and crazy um so if you haven't tried these things you gotta take the first step yeah absolutely i agree well one thing that i will underline especially when offshoring and working with overseas teams uh, you have to have a really rigorous process for communication and for getting stuff done. Um, oftentimes they will give you their own project manager, especially like if you're doing larger scale projects like software development, um, you, they will give you their own project manager. But um, from my personal experience, I always have someone on our team managing the project and we work with a lot of the developers that we work with they almost are like an extension of our company that work for us directly i mean yes they work at that company but we communicate with them all the time and manage our own project the way that we want to right that way we can follow our own process and that works really well because um it's important especially if you're doing agile development Mm -hmm. And you work in a startup where the speed to market is really important and you're iterating quickly on making sure, you know, you're finding a solution that works for your customers. You need to have quick response times. And if you go through kind of the red tape of contacting the project manager to getting something done to the, doing this, by the time you make the change, it's a week later and it's a week too late. So um, understanding what you're going to do and how quickly you need to move you have to put the right process in place and the right expectation so that they understand how you want to move, how you want to get stuff done. And if ultimately the agency or the company that you're reaching out to is not willing to work on the way you set up the process, then you shouldn't be working with them. Right. I agree. I literally had this come up in my business this week. I think everything we're talking about is hot topics for me. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we have a system, uh, you know, we're not software developers at Marknology, but we were making technical changes on the back end of Amazon frequently for products and um, and clients. You know, we have about 50 brands that we manage at Marknology. So there's lots of moving parts. And for us to be efficient and effective and get it to the right person and get it done quickly, um, you know, our clients have to use our uh 
our project management software, right? Our ticketing system um, to know how urgent it is to know, you know, to skip the project management call once a week and go straight to like the developer that needs to get it done. Um, you know, and, and I had to insist, you know, with a client that if we need, if we want to communicate effectively, it has to be done this way. And this is a little bit reversal of what you're saying. You're saying if it was a good fit for you, but even for us as kind of being on the other side as maybe I'm the development team that they're outsourced to, right? right. We're, uh, I'm part of their team, but we're here in Kansas city and a lot of them are not. Um, we need it done that way so that we can act quickly and we need quick communication right. and we need to know what, what that urgency level is. And all businesses are on different, you know, they got a different way of speaking. You know, we talk about the United States is a huge country with all types of cultures within it. And there's different parts of the nation that uh, have a different way of going about living just normal daily life. Right. And uh, whether you're in New York or the Midwest or you're on the West coast, um, try to get on the same page with your clients as, as, uh, or, or your freelancers as quickly and, uh, upfront as possible to set those. I, and that's something I've had to learn the hard way. Um, you know, just through client churn and figuring out how to communicate better, um, on our side of things so that, uh, we don't have those miscommunications. We're able to handle stuff quick. Uh, and you know, you can make one mistake on Amazon, you know, uh, and lose a lot of inventory. You can lose thousands of dollars. Stuff has to be done quickly, you know? So, um all super relevant stuff i um one thing i'm working on right now is uh trying to build a dashboard for all the dashboard for all of the technology that i have in my business um instead of needing to log into 15 different softwares that are doing so many things you know they're extra hands in my business i can't go talk to that employee and and ask them how they're going or get a you know an idea of how they're going but with the software, how can I get a dashboard that pulls all this in together and really lets me know how my, how my business is running is my, is my current challenge. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's so much, there's so much software out there. And one thing I just want to say, like, is we talked about write that list down and then know where to start. Uh, but, but simply Googling what you're trying to do once you've like written that list down can give you a great place to start for, for what can be done for me. It was, I simply didn't know what right. could be what could be automated and what couldn't. I'm kind of a blue collar guy, you know, elbow or a shoulder to the plow. And um, it's it's taken me a while to understand. Hey, this is something that could be automated in your business. Right. Um, well, one, you brought up a really good point. A lot of entrepreneurs who don't come from a specific space, the problem is with looking stuff up is you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so you don't even know what to type. Oftentimes, like if you don't have the background until you get to a point where you know enough, you don't even know what to type like, because you don't know what kind of questions to ask. So uh, if you're at that point, I would recommend finding someone who has already done it or whether they have a course, whether they are willing to mentor you or even just sit down and you pay them hour just ask them like i just want to pick your brain i'm trying to learn this can you spend an hour teaching me what you can right because that'll get you from point a to point b much quicker and then you'll understand enough of a, you'll have enough of a base to then go in and start to know what kind of questions you can ask what kind of next step things that you can learn so it's uh getting that base depending on what your experience is in a specific field is absolutely necessary from like turning 
wheels and not getting anywhere and you'll end up wasting six months to a year. That's valuable time. I think what people dis- don't understand oftentimes when they're not hiring or not or are afraid to spend money to hire people, uh, that time is probably the most valuable commodity that they have, right? And so if they can pay somebody to to cut that learning time, they can start earning a lot more money uh, as a result of that. And so right. be mindful of weighing the cost versus learning. Because um, I think that's going to save, uh, it's like a mindset shift that people need to make. Uh, I have to spend money to make money. Yep. And that, that thing you just said about um, cutting down that learning time. Yeah. You know, um, it's huge. It's huge. And uh, I am someone that invests in coaches. Uh, I am a coach. I'm someone that invests in coaches, whether it's speaking coaches, whether it's uh, copywriting. Uh, you know, we've had John Romanilo on the show, um, uh, sales, sales copywriting course. Um, there's so many areas to learn in, uh, specifically in tech and didn't start here. I even went to school for some of this, right? And still learning and learning and learning but I've learned the value of getting someone to help me learn it faster. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're talking about with tech speak is um, everybody, you know, you're a founder, you've done it, you, you have a business, um, but you can learn so much faster and, and time specifically when you're the founder or the leader uh, in your business, uh, being a, your time is everything to work on the, the other process. Maybe that there isn't a coach for, right. Or creating a, um, a new system in your business take some time here. It's something big that's on Amazon. I think so many people like the potential for sales that brands are missing by not being on Amazon because they fear it because they don't understand what FBA means or they don't understand um, how it all works because they, they can't simply read it and make sense of, of that technical jargon, so to speak um, is, is crippling them. And I've, I mean, I've been watching it. That's my entire career is built on that. Um, but helping them overcome those hurdles, you know, and get through what does this mean? And what does this mean? And what does this mean? And whether it's me or uh, it's Nelly or it's someone else, like find a coach, find someone that can, you know, help you take those first steps you need to start learning more. Yeah, because one thing that I found also is when you become more literate in whatever it is that you're trying to learn, you don't necessarily need to then do it yourself, right? But then you can uh, hire better people because you now understand their work. You can better communicate with them and you can also then know the right questions to ask, because once you know, then you know what type of questions to ask to elicit and assess their, uh, level skill level better. So, um, it'll just give you, yeah, no matter what it is that you, you, that you're doing, uh, whether it's tech or marketing or sales, you need to know as a leader, you need to know uh, and be familiar with the basics so that you have in, in to, to be familiar with enough so that you can have an intelligent conversation with someone about it and know the right questions to ask. You know, everything just keeps coming to mind from this week. But like, this is how relevant this stuff is, really. Um, I literally was just going through a, a sales pitch with a pr- prospective brand from Archnology um, before the podcast. And uh, it was a great company. They've been around for 30 years. Um, seems like the guy I was talking to the, the is not the founder, but he's been there a long time and has been helping turn the business around. Um, 
And a lot of the questions he asked, like, you know, uh, that are important for his business um, were only found when we were able to um, communicate effectively, right? And he, I, I knew what he needed from me by him being able to make those asks. Right. And it was just a really effective communication as, as the, you know, the developer on this side, if we're going to use that for anyone listening, um, that's going to then do something for a client hiring me to do it. Um, because he could just use simple words that I could relate to. And, and I'm like, okay, his knowledge level is here. I can talk about this. Okay. His knowledge level is here. Um, he's referring to it in this way. It lets me know that he has a base baseline knowledge of, of, you know, the conversation and I'm able to elevate our conversation to where he's at and we can talk about more relevant things in that moment um, than trying to start with him at explaining what some of those acronyms mean and those kinds of things. So um, yeah, like it's, it's super, super relevant. And I don't think that he took your course. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to say, I don't think he did, but um, that's a great way that, you know, he could. And um, I think a lot of people go to the, the internet to find this kind of this, uh, technological jargon around Amazon, uh, you know, and then, and then, uh, come to me, but it's a very similar space, uh, between software and, and what we do on the service side of Amazon. Right. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, let's just talk about, you know, Nelly a little bit. I know you got a, a lot of things going on. Um, let's talk about when people can sign up for tech speak. Is it go at your own sp pace or is it like, you know, do you get coaching along with it? Um, you know, how does that work? Sure. So right now people can sign up at any time. So, and as soon as you sign up, you get access to all of the modules. Um, and the mod, each module focuses on the different aspect of the process of the step of the process that you should go through. Um, and what we do is have two week, uh, bi-weekly coaching calls. So, um, you can do your work and then it, compile all the questions and every two weeks you'll be able to ask on a live call with all of the students, uh, to your, all of your questions and we address them and there's a community behind it as well. So you can at any point in time, ask your questions there and the community jumps in as well. Okay. I love that. That's kind of what I was imagining, but I just wanted to clarify for anybody listening that's not as familiar with these types of, um, you know, boot camps or workshops and, and what they look like. Um, I'm about halfway through my copywriting course now. Um, and it's very similar. It's, uh, you know, study at your own pace, but if you want, there's a, you know, there's a Facebook group and a weekly call in. Um, so super awesome. I have the internet up for everybody watching it live or watching the recording on YouTube. Techspeakforentrepreneurs.com is where you can find information about that. I was complimenting Nelly on her site. Uh, her, her personal brand site is fantastic. And I, I'm working on my own offline and I told her I'm going to use it as a, a, a sounding board for what I want mine to look like. But you guys can find her personal brand site, uh, digitalwoman.com. Yeah. Is that correct? Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. And one last question for you, Nelly. I always like this for my own personal gain and to anyone else listening. But, um, you know, you're telling people about how to level up, uh, you know, some of their, their technical skills. Um, what are you working on, you know, closing out 2020? Uh, as on a personal level, it can be business, uh, but in a personal way, um, developing your own skills. What's something you're working on as a, as a founder and entrepreneur? So right now I am in sales, sales, sales mode. Um, now that TechSpeak is online, I am really excited to, uh, and having these amazing conversations with 
people all across the world about how to get this information to a lot of accelerators and entrepreneur groups and, and companies as well. So it just opens up a whole possibility of things. And so I am in that amazing space where I'm every day on calls and talking to people and showing the value. Um, so that's, that's probably going to close out the rest of my year. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, you know, sales, sales is huge. Uh, and content creation really is what that is, you know, nowadays for everybody listening, content creation is sales. Um, whether it's a podcast or it's a written article or, you know, on your blog or you're guest writing someone else's or you're putting out YouTubes. Um, and I, I definitely know in marketology, like I have the team that does a lot, but my, my personal brand it ebbs and flows, uh, you know, with the content creation, if I'm creating a ton for others, um, I'm not creating a lot for myself, you know, so it kind of ebbs and flows in that way. Um, but this has been fantastic and let's close out the year selling, uh, as me and my, uh, my partner say, uh, closers close, you know, so let's close those deals, sign those courses up. Um, everybody check out her site, follow her on social media. Um, you're going to want to follow what she's doing. And if you are a founder that's looking to level up your technical, uh, your technical speak, be sure to check out techspeakforentrepreneurs.com. Um, you're going to love her course and I think it will help you a lot. Nelly, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. And thank you again to our sponsor, fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and effectively. See you later, guys. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.